You are listening to sermon audio from Grace Community Church of Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to connect, visit us online at gracecc.net. We're continuing our short series here in serving, called Serve and answering that call. It's an amazing, I mean, just so good. And I just think how un-American this is. Does that bother you at all? You know, the, the culture is very much, you serve me. And if you don't serve me really well, I'm going to be really ticked and I'm going to blog about you on Facebook. I mean, just, that's the nature of our society. And we're setting up a counter-culture that says, let me serve you. Like Jesus. It's real different. So let's take a look here. Uh, grab your Bibles, turn them on or open them up to 1 Peter chapter 4. And we're just going to look at just a few verses here. 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11. It's a powerful short passage just to grip us as we think about this. 1 Peter chapter 4, starting at verse 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, he says, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through the Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of God for us to ponder this morning. It's a a short, powerful passage. And this one's particularly powerful for me because back in the Philippines when Sherry and I were serving there a long time ago, uh, my baby who was born there just turned 46, to give you a picture of how long that's been. Uh, we had to do a prayer card, because we're like missionaries. And so I had to, what do you have on a prayer card? You have a picture, and you have a palm tree, and you have a Bible verse. That was hard to do, but I had to pick a verse. And this is the verse that I picked, First Peter 4.11. And that's been a, one of my 74 life verses that just empower what I do. Everyone speaks, anyone serves. Let's talk about it. So let's unpack this passage a bit. First of all, the end of all things is near. Uh, for some people, it's easier to believe right now than it was with all the stuff going on. <clears throat> but we in America really believe that everything's getting better and better and better. It's the, the myth of American progress. And there's just that fundamental commitment that underlies everything we do, that if we just do things in the American way, that it'll all get better. And the picture in scripture isn't that. Oh, there's advances. I just think of, you know, look at the technology that we use here. It wasn't that long ago that I would have had to scream at you guys and you wouldn't be able to hear me back in the back. So things do get better. But fundamentally, do they get better? Are people more accepting of each other? Are people more positive toward each other? Are wars coming to an end? Is there less debauchery? And No, it's not. The end is near. 
and our expectation that things will get better is the return of Jesus Christ. But how do we prepare for that? How do we prepare for that? Well, be alert of sober mind. Like, what does that mean? Like, not drunk, I suppose. But another way of saying that is to be clear-minded and self-controlled. Be alert and intentional for what? That you would pray. I pondered that, and I was thinking, you know, am I doing that in my prayer life? I've got my morning time where I do pray, and that's an intentional time. It's clear-minded for me. It's not for others. A lot of you, morning is not the time to pray. Oh, my gosh, you can hardly get your coffee down. But I drink coffee and then pray. (laughs) But I find my prayers during the day more the heart of who I am now than those early morning prayers, as important as those are. And I had myself thinking, am I doing that in a clear-minded and intentional kind of way? But, you know, I've got some growing to do in that area a bit. Be so reminded. And then he says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. What in the world does that mean? Does that mean that like we don't, if somebody sins, we ignore it and say, well, I love you too much to mention the sin? Well, the way you do this is actually a quote from the Old Testament. If you look back in the quote in Proverbs chapter 10, it says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. So love and hatred are opposites. Love covers the opposite of strife. So what it's saying is what love does is work in a community so that strife is ended. That's the goal of love covering a multitude of sins. So what we're saying here is to love deeply because when we love deeply, Christian love pursues patiently when sin happens to bring real forgiveness and real restoration so that the community works. And if you don't have that kind of Christian love, then what happens is you end up in the kind of battles that we see going on in our culture today. People taking sides and throwing bombs at each other. Christian love is different from that. And what we're after here at Grace Community Church as we extend into our community is this kind of thing that says love does not tolerate sin. Love goes to it in a charity and a grace that restores and forgives because we want to restore that kind of community where love is normal. Offer hospitality. I remember, I mean, it's been a long time, but it used to be I'd invite people to my house and we'd sit down and have coffee and eat a meal together, and we just don't do that anymore. If we get together with somebody, we typically go to a restaurant. Like, why? Our culture is no longer a culture of hospitality because homes are caves where I retreat and shut the door and don't allow anybody in except by Facebook or Twitter. Different culture. But see what we do here at Grace Community Church is we really believe this is true. And hospitality doesn't mean just that you invite travelers into your home, though that's, that's a good thing to do. Our home, we do a lot of hospitality in our home in that sense. But hospitality basically is Christians opening their homes to those in need. Hospitality means taking somebody who is in a hard spot and bring them in, not necessarily because they're homeless, but because they need the ministry of a Christian home. And they don't have that, perhaps. Or as many of you do, it's to invite people into your home for worship and fellowship, our grace groups. Many of you host grace groups in your house. And most of you do it without grumbling. It's good. 
So this is the context we're talking about. That Peter's laying out is the context of intentional prayer. It's a place where love pervades and therefore peace and harmony are the goal of every relationship, even with people just annoy the dickens out of me. And hospitality, where our homes are places for ministry and worship and fellowship that go beyond just the people who live in that home, that's what we're about. But he talks about whatever gift you have received. And that's what we're going to focus on, because we're talking about serving with our gifts here today in this short series. And in this place, he talks about each of you. So what does that mean? What does that mean? It means everyone. Could it be more opaque? (laughs) This is a place where everybody is serving. And I want to stop and think about that because in our society, this just isn't the way it's done. We're a consumer society. I expect people to serve me, and if they don't, I'm ticked. And the way we're talking about here is everyone, everyone has a a gift to use in love and prayer and hospitality, and you use that gift to serve others. Again, that seems obvious if you're in the scripture, but think how un-American that is. Now, I grew up in Ozarks, Missouri, And it was just routine. People just came over and helped each other all the time. It was just normal. But if I get somebody to come and help today, on the whole, I hire them to come in and do something. It's a different society where we used to do things just, well, sure, I'll help out. We're in a cash society now. And what we're saying here at the church, now there's certainly a place to pay people because they want more of their time than the volunteer time. But what we're saying here is that we're in a place where we believe in serving one another because God has given that energy to do that and to do it as faithful stewards, Peter says. And I didn't know that J. Mack was going to do that cute commercial for trust and being faithful, but that's what it is. What does faithful mean? Faithful stewards means two things. They focused on the fact that faithful means you're dependable, and it is. But see, faithful steward means something else. It says you make commitments. And our society today is very, very much a low-commitment society. There are so many options that our society says don't make commitments. Keep your options open, because no matter how good this is, the next one is coming. Don't well, I, I, I'm a creature of habit. I tend to go back to certain places for my restaurant meals, and I tend to order similar kinds of things. How un-Portlandish. You're always looking at Portland Magazine. Now, I know you're different here in Gresham, but in Portland, it's read Portland Magazine and find the newest and latest foodie thing and forget the guy that was good last week because it's better than out today. Keep your options open. That comes in so many areas in our society. And what we're saying here is, the community of Grace Community Churches, we're a place where we make commitments and we're faithful to them, is what Peter is saying as he speaks to us. When he talks about the gifts, he talks of the gifts of speaking. And when you speak, you speak the 
very words of God. Now, there's certainly times to speak with your opinion, certainly to speak with your perspective. But what he's talking about here is the gifted speaking where I'm actually speaking the very words of God. And those words may come because we spend so much time in Scripture that the Word of God, the Bible, just fills our minds and hearts and spirits with that. But it goes beyond that. It's a Spirit-empowered speaking of God where He gives you the words. Several times in Scripture, Jesus says, don't worry about what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will give you those words. You speak the very words of God and you speak for God. gives a responsibility to to speak well, the other side of that is serving. So P- Peter is breaking the gifts down into two basic categories, the speaking gifts and the serving gifts. Speaking gifts are the very words of God. Serving gifts are the, through the strength God provides. So when we serve, we do it through the strength God provides. And again, I'm pondering this thing as I'm preparing the sermon and wrestling through it, and I think how often... Do I do things out of the strength God provides? And how often do I do it just because it's what I'm good at? See, what you're good at is good. And use it for sure. But what he's saying here is something beyond that. He's saying take what you're good at and empowered by the Holy Spirit, by the strength that he provides, and serve in that way whatever you're area of gifting is. For what reason? That in all things, that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. So I think about this and I think the purpose there is so God the servant will be praised. Is God a servant? Can I say, hey God, could you grab me some tea on your way over? Well, not in that sense. Do we ask God to serve us? Is that a right thing to do? I went back and used my Bible program and just did a search, and I was astonished. I knew there were quite a few. I didn't know how many there were of places where he called to God to help us. Psalm 46, 1, our God is a present our God is a, our refuge and strength and ever-present, what? Help in time of trouble. That calling out to God to help. God serves us. How incredible. That the God who made the whole heaven and earth, the God who made everything, the God who is greater than, and than anything is the one who we can call to help. And he listens. And, of course, in Jesus Christ, we have him coming to serve us in incredible ways. We want the God of the servant to be praised. How do we praise him? Well, part of us saying, oh, God, you're great. And we should. Proclamation, absolutely. But the kind of praise that's being talked about here is not only the speaking gift, it's also the serving gift. So how do we praise the God who is a servant? By being a servant as he is a servant. We praise him with our life louder than we do with our words, I think. Though the words have to be there. I'm, I'm a teacher. 
I don't really apologize for it, but we're going to look at some gifts. So, here we go. Grab again your Bibles. Turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want, to, I want to look at this passage together and just look at a little bit of a kind of a theology of gifts of the Spirit. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the first 11 verses. This is what Paul says, and he and Peter were in cahoots with each other. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus, Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord, different kinds of working. But in all of them and in everyone, that's the same God at work. But each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good to one, is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to other gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking different kinds of tongues, and still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. First Corinthians chapter 12. Let's ponder this a little bit. First of all, I don't criticize translations typically, but this one is wrong. You know why? Go back and look at the Greek, and it doesn't say gifts of the Spirit. What it says is spirituals, marikon. There's no charisma there, no charismata there. There's no gifts. It's just spirituals. So about the spirituals, we could say spiritual things, or probably better would be something like this about things of the spirit. So you look at the Holman Christian Standard, for example, this is the way they translate it. Because gifts are in the passage, but the, gift, the passage is much more than gifts. Gifts are in the passage, yes, but if you say gifts of the spirit in verse 1, that makes the whole passage about gifts. And there's a lot more there that the Holy Spirit does. And he wants us to be informed of all the things the Spirit does, so let's unpack it a little bit. About the things that come from the Spirit, that's the way the Holman Christian Standard translates it. So he says that. I don't want you to be informed. What's the first thing in this passage, down through verse 3, what's the first thing that the Holy Spirit does? What's the first thing of the Spirit here? What's the first thing of the Spirit in these first three verses? What is it? It's when you say Jesus is Lord. Now, is that a spiritual gift in the sense we normally use that term? And the answer is no. It is a gift of the Spirit. It is given by the Spirit. But what he's talking about here is that ability for somebody who has been a pagan to make that faith confession, Jesus is my Lord, which is the conversion that makes you a child of God. But it's also the cry that happens in the mature Christian where we cry out, Jesus is Lord, is a way of putting ourselves under him and in his family in a new and deeper way. That is a work of the Spirit. That is a, something that the Holy Spirit gives to receptive believers. First work of the Spirit is just that confession, Jesus is Lord. See, I don't like to call that gifts of the Spirit because it, that's not what we mean by gifts. Now, gifts do show up. It's in verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, 
from the same spirit. So, well, what are gifts? Well, look in another passage. Look in Romans chapter... Well, oh, sorry. There are gifts, there are services, there are workings, and there are manifestations. These are four different things. First one was Holy Spirit saying Jesus is Lord. Then there are gifts, services, workings, and manifestations. And they're different. They're different. Let's look at each one in turn. About gifts, which is what Peter's talking about. I look over in Romans chapter 12, and here he says we have different gifts, charismata, according to the grace given. So what's the first gift there? It's prophesying. So is that like supernatural or ordinary? Is that supernatural or ordinary? Well, it's supernatural. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, how about serving? Supernatural or ordinary? What's well, pretty ordinary? I know people who just, just who they are is servant. Uh, I look at Loe Matthews over here. I don't know if anybody's more a servant than that woman. I've known her a long time. You know, what incredible. Is that a spiritual gift? Well, it is in one sense. It's just who she is, but it's empowered by the Holy Spirit. And then I look at teaching. Supernatural or ordinary? Well, it kind of depends. If you look at me, I've been a teacher since my sister was born. <laughs> First grade in White Cloud Schoolhouse back in central Missouri, Ozarks in Missouri, I was teaching other kids in the class. It's just who I am. I've always been a teacher. I just, it's just wired into who I am. My friend Seth Trimmer, who's pastor at Grace City in Corvallis, uh, I've gotten to know him quite well. He was a wide receiver with Oregon State uh, Beavers. He probably could have made a pro contract. He probably could have. But he passed up on that to become pastor at Grace City Church there in Corvallis. But his one hesitation of doing that, he says, I'm really not a good teacher. And he wasn't. And he was trying to go, well, what do I do if I'm not a good teacher, but I'm like the guy that's supposed to teach? And what happened is God gave him the supernatural, if you will, ability, a brand new ability that he did not have. Great leader, but not a teacher. God gave him, and he's one of the best teachers I know now. Which one is a spiritual gift? Me, who's always done that, or Seth, who got it after he accepted the work of... It's just, they're both the same. It's an ability. It's an ability. So it seems to me when you see the term gifts or thing of abilities or talents, and my point here is to differentiate between spiritual gift and natural talent is bogus. It's done all the time, but it's bogus. An ability is an ability is ability. It doesn't matter when you got it or how you got it, but it's an enduring ability that the spirit can give, animate, magnify to carry out the work of the church that's used in any ministry of the church. So it's any ability, any ability. But it's an enduring ability that's there. That's a a gift that he's talking about. And he talks about services. It's diakonia. That's where you get our word deacon from, which is a serving kind of thing. And if you look in servings, in Ephesians chapter 4, it talks about five different kinds of servings that are important in a leadership team. So you've got apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors or shepherds and teachers. 
And what we want in leadership is those kinds of functions or uh, services. And those are not the only ones by a good bit. And then there are people who fill those services, those uh, roles, or what do you want to call it. And I think of people here at Grace. Now, there's the obvious people that stand up here on, on the... Did you see who was over here? Who was over here? Tony. Didn't we retire him last week? <laughs> why in the world is Tony... Tony, why are you up there? And uh, I got him after first service. It's who he is. He does it because he loves it. And while he had the role of interim worship leader, now he's just one of the worship leaders and leading. It's just who he is. I think of Kristen Smith. You know, what an incredible servant working in our office. Amazing. I think of Laura Crawl, who dared to step up and become our nursery coordinator. Oh my gosh, what a big job. Doing a great job. Now these people get paid. Well, Tony didn't get paid. He did, but he doesn't now. How about Amy Rowley? How about Sean Rowley? Where's Sean right now? Upstairs doing what? Student. Student ministries. Why is he serving up there with Matt who gets paid? Why is Sean up there not getting paid? It's a role. See, it doesn't matter whether you get paid for it or not. It's a role. It's a commitment. It's a serving. By the way, that woman is amazing. Uh, she didn't get paid for it. She didn't get recognized. And right now she's ready to kill me, but I'll take it. I'll take it. Going down later. Later, yeah. <laughs> What's the thing? So the body of Christ might be built up. That's serving. It's anything, any role, but it's an ongoing role that the Holy Spirit gives you to serve inside or outside the church. And there's workings, energeia, energema, and that's just the Holy Spirit does in and through believers. And there are lots of those. And then finally, the fourth one, gifts, servings, workings, manifestations. So these are not gifts. These are not gifts. Now, some of the things that are here could be gifts, enduring abilities. These are manifestations. These are appearings. These are eruptions. And it's the Holy Spirit. When I think of a gift, I think of a thing. A manifestation is the Holy Spirit making himself known through different kinds of things for the common good. So it could be a message of wisdom, knowledge, uh, faith. These are eruptions of the Spirit, manifestations, appearings, something like that, all done as the Holy Spirit wills, he concludes. So manifestations of the Spirit, which can occur in any receptive believer at any time, just as the Spirit wills. I think of a time when I had a manifestation of the Spirit like I'm talking about here. I was at Faith Academy in the Philippines, and when I got there as a 22-year-old math teacher, I found there was a prayer team going on, and uh, uh, (laughs) Dennis was a part of that too. And we were praying for revival at Faith Academy. And we got together a regular bunch of teachers and some staff and a few students, and we just prayed for revival. And it began to happen one morning in a chapel meeting. 
The Madrigals and guys had been out doing their singing and evangelistic tour down in the province, and they'd had a great time. And God had done a work in those group, and they came back and began reporting what God had done in them on this ministry tour. And as they were talking, the revival began to happen among the students. I watched it. It's the only time I've ever seen it happen. It was incredible. There was one other event that was going on. It was called a typhoon. Now, what's a typhoon? A lot of wind, a lot of rain. We're in the gym. Up above us was a tin roof. What do you do with a whole bunch of rain and a tin roof? Oh, my gosh. And we had a sound system of a sort. What kind of sound system would a missionary kid's school have? Right from the bottom of the missionary barrel. That's where it was. And I could not hear. I was about halfway back on the stage, and I could not hear what the young man at the microphone was saying. I looked back over at the guy running the sound thing, and I saw him turn the dial to the lock, and I still couldn't hear. And I had a manifestation of faith. I said, God, stop the rain. And I said, that's probably the stupidest prayer I've ever prayed in my life, because typhoons don't stop. But I came right back, no, God, this is your work. Stop the rain. I found out later there were at least a dozen people who prayed the same prayer at the same time. Within five minutes, the rain had come to where we could hear easily. The guy was turning down the sound dial. Within ten minutes, the rain had stopped. And the next morning in the Manila Times, there was a picture of the path of this typhoon coming right at Manila. It wasn't super powerful. And it came to the edge of the island and went north to Baguio. Typhoons don't do that unless there's a rapture of faith because God is at work. Does that happen? Yeah, it does. That was pretty dramatic, i got to say. That was pretty dramatic. But see, it can happen in anybody, anytime, anywhere. It could happen right now. A manifestation of the Holy Spirit because he needs to do his work so he speaks up. These are God himself present in, with, through human thoughts, deeds, works, and actions. That's what it's about. So what are gifts? What gifts do you have? Remember, these are enduring abilities we're thinking about. These are not manifestations. These are gifts. And the thing is, ask yourself, what am I good at? But that's a natural talent. No, no, no. It's a gift. What makes it spiritual? When the Holy Spirit takes it and uses it, connects you to the mission of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter when you get it. It's an ability. Do you have an ability? What are you good at? What are you passionate about? What others affirm in you? See, I'm good at that. Because some people, I'm really good. And others, no, you're not that good. You've got to get some input. And a really important, don't limit, don't limit your list to the ones listed in Scripture. Those are exemplary. No list agrees with any other list. There are lots more. I was told to go and knock on the door of a house there in Faith Academy in Francis Court when we were blown out by the typhoon Yoling when it came through. I said, go knock on the door. I said, I don't know who that is. I'm not going to his door. No, go knock on his door. Just say you come to pray. I said, I don't want to do that. No, go do that. And they finally, I, oh, okay, I'll go do it. So I went and hesitantly knocked on the door. This old guy, probably 50 years old, I mean ancient, <laughs> came up and I said, I've come to pray. I know, I just, had a, I just had my 70th birthday, so I can get away with that. This guy came up and I said, I've come to pray. Oh, great, he said, come on in. Turned out he's a missionary from Burma that was there for medical stuff. We sat down by his coffee table there in that guest home at Francis Court, and I have never before or since 
had such an incredible experience with God as we went into the very throne room of God with this man who had the gift of prayer. I immediately said, God, I want that gift. But see, prayer is never listed as a gift. We've got Tony, we've got J-Mac, we've got Linda, we've got other people up here that have the gift of worship. Rick. I mean, look at the crowd that's up there. Ernie, what an incredible job he did this morning. And he's so technical at what he does. The gift of worship is never listed in the list of... What's the most important gift ever? Being able to make those computers work. I mean, that's a huge gift. And it really is a gift. And we've got a team back there that does it really well. But see, we've got this thing that unless it's super weird, that it's not a gift. It, it, of course it is. Can I ask for a gift? Well, 1 Corinthians 12 ends with, eagerly desire the greatest gifts. That's not like asking. 1 Corinthians 14 begins with, follow the way of love after that incredible love chapter, and eagerly desire the things of the Spirit, especially that you'll prophesy, speak the very words of God by the power of God. And that chapter ends with, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy. Do not forbid speaking in tongues, but in everything should be done fitting in an orderly way. Can you ask for a gift? Yeah, of course you can. Of course you can. Like I asked for the gift of prayer at that level. But it comes as the Spirit wills. And there are gifts that I've asked for that I haven't had. Can you ask for a manifestation of the Spirit? Can you ask for a manifestation of the Spirit? And the answer is yes. I've had that a number of times when I'm in a spot of particular need. What do I do to get them? What do I do to ask? Well, this is kind of one of my favorites. <laughs> Saul and Barnabas went down to Cyprus on the first missionary journey. Saul is preaching. Elimus began to contradict him because Sergius Paulus, the proconsul, was coming to Christ. And it says, Then Saul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elimus and said, you're a child of the devil, enemy of everything that is right. You're going to be blind. What's the spiritual gift? What's the spiritual gift? Blinding people. I want that gift too. My elder team says, Gary, you couldn't handle it. I could handle it. I could. I could. You're a little too competitive, Gary. I could do it. I could do it. When do I get them? Could be any time. Birth, conversion, later in ministry, a time of special need is this one. Could be any time. Can I develop my gift? 2 Timothy 1, Paul talking to Timothy says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God that was given you by laying on of hands. And what does he do? He says, Don't be ashamed. That's a learning. He says, join me in suffering. That's a learning. Can you develop your gift? Yeah, of course. You learn how to use your gift wisely and courageously. Of course you do. They don't come fully formed. Are gifts for use in the church or in the world? Yes, yes, absolutely, both. Absolutely. Depends on what you're doing and where you connect to the mission of Jesus, of course. They're for the mission of Jesus, wherever you're at. How do I get the Spirit's empowerment? And that's the... I found myself thinking about that 
Because one of the questions that's always asked when I talk about gifts is, what makes the difference between a natural talent and a spiritual gift? And the fundamental difference is the Spirit's empowerment. Now, I think the Holy Spirit works through our abilities for sure. But there are times when you do things that are a step beyond your natural ability. And I think those are important. I was with a woman here just recently in a pastoral team. And the woman was thinking she was going crazy. And uh, I was helping, this is another church. And as I was listening to her story and working through some things and answering some questions that she had, she and her fiancé, I found myself suddenly realize, I, I mean, the Spirit gave it to me. I knew what I needed to say to her. I just knew. Well, Gary, you, you got some wisdom. I do. I've done this a bit, but this is different. The Holy Spirit, I knew what she needed to say. And I said, Holy Spirit, you need to empower these words. And he did. He did. I could feel it. So could everybody else in the room. I checked back to the pastor uh, a few days later because they were going to meet with her again, meet with a couple again. And she said, Gary, it was totally different, totally different. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Here's what Jesus said. How do you get the Spirit's empowerment? Ask, it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. Everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you fathers? Which then asks for a fish would give him a snake? Nobody would do that. Or if he asked for an egg, would give him a scorpion? Nobody. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Why is it we're afraid to ask for the Holy Spirit? Because we've seen all the abuses, and we wonder if it'll happen. Dare to ask. Dare to ask. Acts chapter 4. These are people who have been filled with the Spirit back in chapter 2. Now, Lord, and they've been out of prison, Peter, praying. Lord, consider the threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. That's his first request. He's asking. What's the second request? Signs and wonders. He asks for that. Boldness, yes, and he asks for signs and wonders. Why? So your name will be famous. What happens? After they prayed, the place was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and did what? Spoke the word of God boldly. What else happened? Because this place was shaken. One heart, one mind. No one claimed their possessions, but they shared everything they had. For Baptists, that would be a genuine miracle. But it didn't stop there. The story goes on, and at the beginning of chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira bring in a gift, but they've stolen part of that money. And Peter said, Ananias, how is it Satan has filled your heart that you've lied to the Holy Spirit and kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Calls him out. And what happens? Ananias did what? Is that a miracle? Is that a miracle? Not one we want to practice here. See, why did those things happen? Because they asked for boldness and they asked for the Holy Spirit to do signs and wonders. That's what we do here, too. How do we get the Holy Spirit's empowerment? We ask for it. So, as I think what this means for us. One thing it means for us is that we move from being, we move from serving 
to being a servant. If I volunteer here at Grace Community Church or somewhere, who's in charge? I am. Now, we want you to volunteer. We want you to volunteer. You have a Serving with Grace card in your seat pocket ahead of you. (laughs) We want you to ponder that and think where you should serve here at Grace in the church or in the community. We definitely want you to do that. We're thinking beyond that. We're thinking of an attitude that says, Jesus is Lord. Going from being a tourist sampling the local culture to becoming a citizen of the kingdom of God where we participate in the privileges and responsibilities and we serve together because it's family. We do work and work is the gracious expression of God's creative energy. There's the Spirit's empowerment to do what? In service of others so that we can create shalom. Wherever we're at, we're going to create that community where dissension and hostilities are minimized because the presence of God is there through us in the community. And we want to serve like Jesus. And when I think of serving like Jesus, I think of Acts cha- or John chapter 4, the Samaritan woman where he served. And the disciples have gone into town to get food. They come back and they bring him food. And here, Rabbi, eat. It's been a long time and you haven't had anything to eat. And he says it this way. He says, my food is to do the will of the Father who sent me. I want that kind of an attitude. I want to serve like that so that I can finish his work. In John chapter 6, he's in the midst of a controversy. He says, for I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. We just finished our Mark series, theme verse of Mark. 1045, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. Yes, the worship team to come up here because we're going to sing in just a bit here. And I think about that last supper, that Passover supper where Jesus took bread at the Passover meal and broke it and passed around to the disciples and said, We'll do that here in just a bit. But what I'm thinking about is the disciples watching him so that they could be like him. And what I'm going to ask you to do here, the worship team here is going to sing an amazing song, Come to the Altar. And I want us just to pray and ponder what that means. And what it is where you need to ask the Holy Spirit to empower you. What it means that you need to open yourself to being a servant of the Lord Most High. And then when we're finished, we will take the communion. So pray what Jesus wants to do for you right now. Thank you for listening to Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church. For more information about service times and ways to connect, visit us online at gracecc.net.